0: Hello everyone, welcome to Genealogy Adventures. I'm Brian Sheppy.
1: And I'm Dania Williams. How is everybody today? I'm really excited because this is my very first time meeting family members of the Saddles line who are white. And I'm so excited about this. So, I mean, I know that sounds crazy or whatever, but I'm telling you, I'm really excited because I've never been able to do that. Brian has been able to do that with some of his family on um, on his father's side, I believe, um, Hamad, is the reason why we're able to meet Virginia, Dana, and Holly. Now, just to let you guys know, we are related. All Everybody up here is related. And we're all related because of Edward Settles and Martha Ann Williams. Um, so these are our cousins, and, and I'm excited about it. And I'm just so happy to meet you. <laughs>
0: I'm excited that
2: to meet you too. too. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> next year we get to come over to your house because I saw that good food for Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh my God! So I always post. I always,
1: I always post what I'm cooking. Oh, and, it looks uh, so good. Because my children love love my cooking, and I always post what I'm cooking and everything. And everybody's always coming for me. Hamad sent me a message. My, I didn't know you could throw it out like that. <laughs> yeah I was
2: watching all that come up on Facebook and I was like oh maybe next year we'll be in person yeah
1: maybe next year <laughs> maybe next year if, if, if it's COVID free then you have the invitation all right be. yes all three of you have that invitation
3: thank you thank
1: you yeah so um, Brian go ahead
0: so I was just going to say thank you, everyone. Um, welcome to the show. So happy to, to have you here. You know, Donnie and I, we look forward to every single show and all the guests that we book, but we were really excited about this. Um, as I said, uh, for me, I, I've met loads of my white relatives and my Jewish relatives on both sides of my family tree, um, but you guys are the first settles that I've met. So again, I'm really excited about that too. Um, and actually, technically, the first family that we're related to in Edgefield, South Carolina, where we've met white relatives. So that again, very excited about that. (laughs)
4: Yes.
0: (laughs) But I thought we'd rewind the clock a little bit, go back to the very beginning. And Hamad, could you kind of talk us through how you came across Dana, Holly, and and Virginia and kind of, and then all three of you can, all four of you can kind of talk about what that, that journey has been like for you.
5: Well, it started when I was doing research on Edward Settles, and um, I noticed a, a family tree that was very detailed, and he was he was listed there. And I said, "Wow, I need to contact this person." This was in two thousand thirteen, so my first message to her was in two thousand thirteen, asking if Edward Settles had any siblings, and she was very nonchalant. She said, "Yes, he does." You know, then I wrote her back. A month later, and asked her, Did she know about his history of having a son that had relations with an African American slave? And she's very nonchalant. Oh, yes, I knew about that. I'm thinking, wait, wait a minute, this is she's so nonchalant about it. I said, Maybe she doesn't see my picture. You know, somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> she's, she must think maybe the, she said my name is Hamad. Maybe she thinks some white guy named Hamad. I don't know. I don't know what she was so nonchalant about it. So I wrote her again. I said, uh, Do you realize you have African American cousins? She goes, oh yeah, yeah, I have African-American cousins. Just so like it's no big deal.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And that's that started, you know, and I, I did a, about a two year research with her. If I would find something, I would let her know. If she would find something, she would let me know. And we, um, she was my partner in crime as far as researching mm-hmm. the Settle family. I, and her research is, is thorough. Like when she gave me information you cross-referenced it, it was on the money.
0: Come on, can I just jump in for a real quick second? So is that information that she grew up hearing? Is that something that was already known in her family or is that something that she uncovered during her
5: research? She knew a lot. Um, she was doing research back when there were no computers. You know, or, you know She was going to those courthouses and going to Edgefield. She went to Edgefield and going to grave sites before this everything became digitized, we can can do family research from the comforts of our own home. She started when you had to go out there. So a lot of her information, I'm like, wow, where did you get this? Because she told me when Edward Settle came to Edgefield. I'm like, where did she get that from? Um, And then I did research when I was able to go to Edgefield and find out she's right, he got there in uh, 1813. So she came in with the old school way of doing family research.
1: Uh, so which ladies, how did you guys, which which one of you ladies met up with um Hamad?
3: Holly. Okay. And how did that happen? <laughs> uh well, I'm actually already tearing up, just hearing all this. So um I'm gonna try not cry. Um, virtual tissues, virtual tissues. <laughs> Thank you. Ah. Um, I remember my mom speaking of Hamad and and letting us know that she had connected with him and how excited she was um and so we were all thrilled. we knew my mom was doing a ton a ton of research and her genealogy i mean we grew up watching her do that we walk, we grew up watching her fly you know across the country and go to places and and it was just such a hunger and a passion that she had so Um, when, um, while she was dealing with, um, excuse me, while she was going through this, doing all this, she was also, um, suffering with cancer and, um, her and Hamad had, had a beautiful relationship where they were obviously, like you said, sharing information and getting to know each other. And it was just really neat to hear all the stories. We personally didn't have any conversation with him, but we would hear everything. Um, and so, um, the day that, or the evening actually that my mom passed, our mom passed away, um, I was holding my mom's phone and just going through pictures and just kind of reminiscing and, um, a message popped up from Maude on, on Facebook and he was asking how she was doing and, um, and I knew exactly who it was. I hadn't talked to him yet. I hadn't spoken with him. Um, but I let him know, um, that she had just passed away and, um, and that began our journey to get to know each other. And it's, uh, I won't go into the details of that, but, um, that's, I was the first person to talk to him. And then we all, um, I think we all started connecting with him right after that.
4: Wow. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, we, we'd been hearing a lot about Hamad, um, from the beginning of their relationship. I mean, I, I'd be over there with my mom and she'd be, you know, um, going back and forth with them. And I think she just loved Hamad. And my mom were like two peas in a pod. They were definitely, mm-hmm. um, I would say, uh, kindred spirits <laughs> because you guys, you know, they just, they're just like, Oh, Hamad had this and Hamad. Oh, he gave me this. And this, she just, she just adored him. And I know she was looking forward to the day that they could finally meet in person.
1: Um, and so you had uh, to meet him. Yeah. So we yeah.
4: had to meet him. Yeah. Meet him. Yeah. It <laughs> was, we just would hear about him and you know, um uh yeah, it was it was no it was it was just um I think for her and for us, it was just this beautiful, you know, you keep building your family and you keep learning about who you're related to and your family history and and all that and um But, uh, you know, you don't always, I think through ancestry and all that, people start reaching out to each other. Oh, look, I've got this cousin. I've got that cousin. Some people don't respond. Some people do. Um, Some, you know, you kind of connect with and it's like, oh, this is great, but you don't have a lot in common. So it doesn't really go anywhere. But I think um, for my mom and Hamad and for us, you know, we just feel a close connection. And I think we just have a lot in common. And. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that's, um, I think the story, you know, I think the first thing for me, you know, when my mom said, Oh, I've got this cousin, I don't even remember her saying, by the way, you know, he's black. I, I think it was just kind of like. She just it, had a cousin. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, we knew had that black and yeah, and that there were others and all that. And this is like, this is great. I think, you know, part of it's like, you find out, oh, I've got this cousin, that cousin. It happened to us right here in town, right here in my hometown that I found out I have a cousin on my dad's side, you know. And um so showed
2: up at a family reunion. It was kind of strange, right? Yeah. Oh, Why wow. Are <laughs> our, sons, our sons were on the same baseball team
4: all this time. And all of a sudden we show up at the same family reunion about five hours from here, and it's like Wait, we're cousins? So, I mean, it's just, the thing is, is I think the more genealogy you do, the more you find out, oh, really, this world is filled with, you know, we're related to everybody. We're all- Eventually. Eventually we're related to everybody, but um, I think, you know, certain stories are fascinating and ours is, this is a fascinating story. There's, There's heartbreak in it, you
1: know, too. There's a lot of heartbreak in it. Um, so well, I, think I think it's. I think it's um, heartbreaking in, in all of the stories that are like this in one way or another. Um, I think what what fascinates me about this story is the fact that you guys are so very open, and um, you guys are. You know, you and Hamad, the three of you and Hamad, have been able to meet up. You guys have pictures of meeting up and. You know, you guys have spoken with each other. You stay on the phone. You're you're researching. You guys picked up the the gauntlet where your mom left off, basically, mm-hmm. and 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 you're not shying away from whatever it is that that's going to be found. And that's really a big deal in in my book because for me, every almost let because let me rephrase that. I have met one cousin, one white cousin that I'm confirmed. Her name is Candace and Candace is my, she was actually my very first mentor, but we didn't know that we were cousins at first. So we had to, you know, I had to go through the steps to try to figure it out and figure it out and figure it out. And then she was busy doing stuff. So I didn't have as much help from her. I could call her and I could ask her questions, but, it wasn't like you guys, you know, or like Hamad and, and your mom. And what is your mother's name? Dana. Yes. Dana. Okay. Yep. It wasn't like your mom, your mom Dana and Hamad. They they worked it out together, you know. So being able to have someone to work through it with like that on both sides, both black and white, I think is just is it's a beautiful story in itself. But what makes it even more beautiful is the the genuine love that you already see between the four of you, and I think that's awesome. Uh,
2: I I think uh, Holly's a baby; she's gonna cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I I was gonna start; I was getting teary too. I, <laughs> I was just gonna add that, um, yes, to make me cry too, but. Hamad mm-hmm. is such a, a beautiful human and um and it really was his relationship with our mom that you know um sorry okay <laughs> um, get it together okay. get it together you right, that, You're right. Um, <laughs> that you know that um I don't know, you meet beautiful people in your life and it doesn't matter what skin color they have. And it, we just feel extra blessed that Hamad is our relative. And um, we've known him now, so mom died in 2015, is that right? Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, kept in contact with him, you know, mostly on the phone, but you know, I'm gonna give him a lot of the credit for, um, you know, continuing to reach out to us and talk to us and encourage us to uh, continue the the research. and Um, then we just start having conversations about um, one of my passions um, is foster care. And so we would get off on these really long conversations about foster care. And um, Holly and Hamad were going to college together as adults, and they would get off on long conversations about that. So our our relationship really um, just grew over time on subjects that we have all been passion that we share passions um about and and then i think you know by by 2020 <laughs> when things really got crazy i i felt comfortable enough you know after george floyd to reach out to hamad and go you know uh tell me what you're thinking about this because i don't wa- i don't want to be blind and i know my relationship with him had been had grown enough that I felt comfortable that I could speak openly to him. I think it's harder when it's um, somebody that you don't know really well, but I felt comfortable saying, "Hey, look, can, can I talk to you about this? I don't I don't want to be blind." And um, so we had some really great conversations about that mm-hmm. as well. So um, part of it is that that we have a a beautiful soul. Of a cousin and Hamad,
4: I will say that. Well, it's it's safe. It's a safe relationship. It's a right. you know. And again, it like Ginny was saying, it doesn't. Beautiful souls don't. It it's not about skin color. It's not about you know. It's a family song. is not you know. It's yeah. it's just who who's what the heart is. But you know, we all have different experiences in life, and so that's where, you know we can learn from each other and and all that. It, you know, again, from anybody in any circumstances, so.
1: Okay.
0: Well, I was gonna pick up on that theme because I was gonna say with my, specifically with my father's Sheffy cousins, the beautiful thing is over time we've just become cousins and most of us are connected on Facebook. So we laugh with each other, we joke with each other, but the, the really nice thing about one meeting some of them in person and then carrying these relationships online is my family actually got an understanding of what some, are, some of our family quirks were. Like the Sheffees are a political tribe, and we're a political tribe going all the way back to like early colonial America. Mm-hmm. Um, our ancestors were in, in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. Congress, but we're a very political family. We're very socially aware. Um, from my, his rune side of the family, they like to party. Even in like (laughs) 1750, they were notorious for the parties that they used to throw. So we get a kind of conviviality from from that side of the family. But the, the thing that I love the most is starting probably in 2015 with the previous election, is a lot of my white cousins started private messaging me going, we don't really understand what this institutional racism stuff is about. But we see that a lot of you are like really, really angry about, policing and social justice, and we know that none of you are stupid. So we just really want to learn, you know, we want to talk to you and find out kind of more about what's behind that. So have you found that by speaking, you know, by getting to know cousins who don't look like you kind of opens up that door to difficult conversations?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think because we were we were talking about you know being we were all raised in California, um, so you know different parts of the United States are probably different, but we didn't we didn't see um, racism really. I mean, we know about it. We were taught about it in school we we know all those things. we had you know black kids, we had friends that were black, I mean, they were definitely the minority in our little neighborhood, um but they were always the popular ones. um we were talking about one of them was the homecoming king, and you know I even remember thinking, you know, he's, he's kind of cute. You know? He <laughs> uh, was way out of my league, but um, anyways. Um, so that's kind of what we grew up with, um, but knowing that it existed, you know, it just, it wasn't in our world. So it, it does help to have people that you, you know, because it, it is kind of scary sometimes to maybe ask somebody to feel like you might offend them or something or whatever, but but it's nice to have somebody safe, you know, or just that you have a connection to that, that you know is going to be honest and, you know,
1: so. Well, actually, well I don't know. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I
0: was going to say, what it sounds like is like you, you guys and Hamad kind of really established a trust
3: mm-hmm. pretty,
0: pretty early on, which, you know, I think is a testament to all of you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You all felt that kind of safety and, and trust.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I. I can answer that just because I, uh, right after my mom passed away, um, Haman and I became really close and we'd talk almost every day. Um, and during that time I was leaving an abusive marriage of 20 years. So it was like literally a month and a half after my mom passed away. And because again, I think my sister mentioned that we were both actually psychology students in college. Um, you know, we had a lot in common and we, We talked a lot and there was a huge amount of trust. I was able to share with him, you know, things that I was going through or, or like the detox from a, from a narcissistic, abusive relationship. And because he was studying this, he was very interested in it. So we would talk, you know, in depth about, you know, the, what it meant and, and, and how, you know, the effects of it and everything. So
1: psychological damage,
3: totally all of it. And, you know, I to be honest with you, I have um there are some cousins that I barely talk to, but I talk to him at least, you know, at that time it was almost every day and now it's you know, at least once a week, but I'm closer to him than I am some of our cousins that that um you know are our first cousins. So So that's 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 a that's a trait in genealogy research. Really? I
1: think so. I'm just at that point because Brian and I, matter of fact, all three of us. We Mm -hmm. talk more with each other, probably, than we do the family that we grew up with. Yeah, I mean like Brian, just like Hamad said that your mom was his partner in crime, Brian is my
3: partner
1: (laughs) in in, in genealogical (laughs) crime. He is my partner in genealogical (laughs) crime and we knock it all down, me and Brian.
0: But we're, actually, right. we're, we're actually missing one of our other partners in crime. Right. In a, that, I was just getting ready to say that. We
1: call Amon and Loretta in <laughs> and, and we bring them in and we just, there are days where the four of us will sit on the computer. Now that we're doing the Zoom a lot, we'll do the Zoom and just sit and research together.
2: That's so, so cool. Yeah, that's a great
1: way to yeah, do it. I mean, yeah. that I, as far as I'm concerned, that's a genealogical trait. I am very close with the people that I have found via DNA and via research, almost as in in some instances, some of them I'm actually closer with. And um, yeah, some parts of my family, I'm closer with the ones that I found now than than the ones that I grew up with.
2: I love that. I love that. Yeah, amazing. Uh, kind of talking about what Brian was talking about me, uh, his chefy line being very, uh, very politically active. And it kind of is a trait that kind of comes down. I, I was just thinking, as you guys were all talking uh, you know, Hamad being a psychology student, Holly being a psychology student. My mom was very into, uh, she was a, a teacher and Dana junior is a teacher into child development. And mm-hmm. I'm, a. uh, doing a social work degree right now. So I, I think there's a, there's a definitely a, a, uh, we all have a heart for children uh, and we all have. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We, there's definitely a, a, a thread, if a, probably a genetic thread here of, of you know, compassion for the mm-hmm. <laughs> children and the, uh, hurting yeah, for, sure. for sure.
1: for certain So, um, I guess uh, my next question, how did your family, and each one of you could take your time and answer it or, you know, get a couple of minutes answering. How did your families react when you told them, okay, so we have a black cousin? Like your children, how did, you know, what was that about? Because I know the, I want to know if it's the normal reaction that most white families go through when, you know,
2: well, you want me to start you guys, it's it's all going to be pretty similar. Uh, but for for my kids and my family, everybody thought it was extra cool. Like that's super cool to have black family members, you know. Um, so so for my kids, I, I have uh, five kids, two of them are adopted from South America and um, we did their DNA uh gosh Hamad I remember talking to you about this was that f- four years ago oh, four years ago yeah probably about four years ago and um they they're adopted from Colombia South America and they're about one-third Native American one-third Spanish and one-third African I was gonna say African-American and I guess it's still South America is still the Americas um and uh man let me tell you, they thought that was the coolest thing ever. So for for, uh, for our kids, you know, they grew up, um, you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, all the, the greatest athletes are, are African-American. So uh, one of my, Juan Pablo, one of my boys, he's really into um, dance um, and Le Twins are his idols. And so to be, to have, for him to be have um, African-American ancestry was extra, extra cool for both of my adoptive boys. So I remember talking to Hamad about it and Hamad was actually really surprised. Okay. Yeah, I think our kids.
4: Yeah. They all just think this is the coolest thing. And you know, I, I, I would agree. I think all of, for all of us, they're, they're totally fine with it. It's great. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I would say they actually think it's extra cool. So right. um, it's like, um, yeah, because they have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of idols that are, are black, you know, like just, I, I, and too, I mean, this is, this is a conversation I had with Hamad and I asked him about it because my son, a number of years ago, dressed up as Black Panther for Halloween, you know, because Black Panther was just the coolest,
1: Mm-hmm. and
4: and somebody told him oh that's not that's not okay that you can't can't do that and so i think our kids are being raised our kids are being raised in a very different environment than we were raised in um yeah. and they're being kind of sensitized to a lot of things that i don't know within the white um, groups they're thinking oh you know this but then you know other people might not think so i was able to ask him on i said was that bad for my son to dress up as Black Panther? You know, and I, and I, you know, he said, no, I think that's great, you know, because it, it for my son, it was like, oh, he's so cool. It wasn't like, I understand the whole thing, you know, if you're making fun of somebody, but it was Emulation. an idol. Emulation, <laughs> a boy yeah. that just thinks, you know, this is so cool. But, you know, again, trying to be sensitive to everybody's feelings about that. Um, but it was nice to just have, somebody to be able to ask about that. But um, again, they're just totally fine and great with the idea that they have black cousins. And, um, you know, I think some of them sometimes wish they were black themselves, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the
2: (laughs) right, I'll talk about this after Holly goes, I I raised my children in Hawaii, so I can talk a little bit. along those lines, Hamad and I have talked about this as well. But Holly, you can say, And I want Hamad to
1: thing. answer this question, yeah. too, because we have
2: people who, yeah. who
1: would like to hear his side as well. So, Holly, yeah. you go, and then
3: Hamad. Honestly, nothing different, just because we're super excited. That's it. I mean, there's, there was now nothing else to say. Just thrilled, really. They just wanted to know more about him. And uh, when they did get to meet, all of, most of all of our kids got to meet. Hamad and his wife and his kids and it was again I'm sure you've read in some of the things that we've written that it was just one of the most amazing moments and they all still talk um via social media and Facebook and that was just a, such a cool day to, right. be able to meet everybody so
1: yeah on, what's your feeling how did your you know I mean I guess and and I, I probably apologize because we already know the you know as far as Hamad is concerned and I think that's why Hamad is like let them talk and let them get that (laughs) out because the three of us Brian Hamad and myself already know but Hamad you need to speak on this too because the you know the the, they don't know the people in the in our fan group they don't know we have a, a lot of people watching right now and um so what what were your feelings when you met the family when you met the kids you know where were you
5: Okay, so I reached out Holly at first, and what I was blown away by was the openness. Remember, I, I do the research on the Settles family, so I'm used to rejection. I've had, this year, I've been rejected like 15 times. Horrible emails, horrible- Black messes. and
1: white.
5: Uh, black and white. What yeah, make people,
1: sure you say that part, black and white. Black and white.
5: Because some blacks, they feel they're hiding something, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, hmm. but mostly, the rejection is um, horrible. You have to have thick skin to re- research the settles. I bet. I was blown away by the openness. So Holly goes, here's my Facebook, here's my email, here's my number, here's what I'm thinking, what the? You know, <laughs> that kind of openness. And then she told me, I already know, already know you. Your, your mom already told me about you. So eventually, I reached out to the other sister.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: They already knew me. I reached out to the other one. They already knew me, and they were open. They just accept, accepted me immediately, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to that. That was very, very shocking. Um, but that that speaks to how Dana raised them, and it speaks to how when I told her, you know, you have African American cousins. She's like, yep, yep, I know, yep. And, like it's no big deal. <laughs> I was like, what? Why? You know? So what? You know? And I invited her to our uh, settles. Our um, Settles group and also Living on the Edgefield group. And she joined with no problems. You know, so Did she, she ever say anything she in the was Living on active. the Edgefield? Yes, yeah, she, she was in Living on the Edgefield and she, she, she was very active in the group. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and when she <laughs> passed away, I sent a message to the group and everyone, including you, commented on it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember commenting on that part, but I didn't know that she was active in the actual group.
5: Yeah, she was active, which is. Yeah. Uh, Amazed me because oh, man, she, she wasn't there just to sit back. <laughs> she was there and she was speaking up, and this happened, and, and she would always talk about the record she had. Very open people, very open, very accepting. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. So, I just to give say an
0: about what Hamad means by having a thick skin, I'll just give a really quick example. Donnie and I and Hamad, uh-huh. have another set of white family members in, in Edgefield. Um, Donnie had this experience first. I think I came in behind her about maybe 18 months later. So th- these, this is white family members who are DNA cousins. They are on my DNA match list. They are I on. I do. DNA match list. They are on every. If you're in Edgefield, they're on everybody's match list. Let's be honest about that. Mm-hmm. And she and I asked for information because I was looking for an estate inventory and a will that I just couldn't find anywhere. She came back straight immediately. I do not have black family members. Period. End mm-hmm. of discussion. I'm now like, the
1: thing is, is that when I, well, before Brian talked to her, I told him that that was exactly what she was going to say. I think we just lost Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hopefully she'll get back. She'll be able to get back in. But I, I, um, I, I told him. I said, well, she's going to tell you that she doesn't have black family members and he was like are you serious I said without a doubt and I and I took him through my entire story and how she just really just lied you know she just told me I don't have black she was nice she was meaner to me than she was to him because she just came out and said I don't have black people in my family and hung up the phone I was like oh okay and then when I met her face to face oh we're all related when I tell y'all, <laughs> I'm a mouthy person and, and I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't cut no, my tongue for nobody. <laughs> so my Sheila, God rest her soul. She was, I said, what the, and she said, come here, baby, come, come, come in, baby. Just, just come on over here. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's the. But that's not how she was she was like "Come, just 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 bring it in just come over here because she had to shut me down because i was like well just you know when i talked to you i was getting ready to just i was looking ready to out her i was gonna out her but she was like no just just come on just come on so then she went even further and researched my family yeah. but yet you're not gonna call me my family over the phone but in front of everybody you're gonna say Oh, yeah, we're all related, but you okay. can't do it publicly. Yeah. It was even
0: worse than that because the whole group of them, because there was about 15, 15 yeah. members of this family that were all amongst our DNA matches, they, cl- they made their trees private overnight. Like, as right after I contacted them, family trees private. So, yeah. because DNA is DNA and you can't tell everyone that you're related to what to do. I was eventually able to find what I needed to find from a more distant from a more distant family member but that that was that was their immediate reaction that was the first time I'd actually had someone respond to me like that yeah and I, are,
4: you know I just I can't I mean I know that happens and i I don't i I just I don't understand it I guess I can't I mean I know people have prejudice there's people that are racist I you know uh, or I don't know I mean I don't know what goes on in the mind. And it's kind of interesting because I think about the fact that my mom was raised, you know, um in in the South, but in the South too, it it's I, I think people have this idea that everybody in the South is prejudiced. You know, it's it's every it's it's not just in the South. It's it's anywhere. I mean I've I met northerners who were racist or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. But you know, um we think about, you know, my mom who um you know, she had a black, there was a black, um, maid that, that raised, partially raised my mom. And, um, uh, I think she, I, I mean, on one hand, maybe, um, the older generation looked at, you know, at black people as, as, you know, inferior or whatever. And they had the, the lower station. But I think for a lot of these kids, um, like my mom, her name was Josephine, Josephine Doss. um, But my mom couldn't say Josephine, so she called her Jofa. And so that's how we always, we always heard about Jofa. And um, my mom just adored her. She was like a mother to her. And so I I wonder for my mom, if, you know, well, I I know um, that she just had a special connection with Jofa. very much a mother to her and she would always talk about her with respect and love and so i think my mom that probably already gave her that that connect that familial connection with somebody that as you said looked different than her you know Mm -hmm. um because she adored her and um i remember when i was little i got to meet jofa um shortly before jofa died um so uh, she brought us back to to meet her uh, back to Arkansas. Um, so, so that's yeah.
1: what, is, is that where your mom grew up in Arkansas?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was born oh. and raised there and yeah. Uh,
1: Interesting, isn't it guys? I'm well, yeah, I was saying that, mean, so do, let me tell y'all, well, I think Brian gets it. I don't know if, if Amada's picked it up yet, but back in the, um, what was it, in the, in the 1880s? was it back in the okay, Hamar picked it out. Back in the 1880s, there were over 5,000 um Edge that moved to Arkansas. Oh. Interesting. So, yeah. It was and yeah. And That's we so have true. a connection in Arkansas that I know I have a lot of DNA relatives who come straight out of Arkansas and have no idea where or why or, or what it is. But more than likely maybe it was those some of those that actually moved from edgefield to arkansas to to populate jenny is having a reboot problem with her with her um computer yeah, so yeah. i'm trying to help her get back
3: on yeah i know I, uh, <laughs> I sent her the link to try and copy and paste it but i think the issue is she doesn't have the app on her phone because i said maybe she was too i sent it.
1: her the meeting id number and password so hopefully that'll help okay. her
3: yeah
1: um but yeah, so that that's that's interesting to hear that she actually grew up in Arkansas and um, mm-hmm.
3: that's interesting. Yeah, Little Rock. That's Newport. Oh, yeah, Newport. Oh, Arkansas. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Went to school uh, in Little Rock, my bad. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, high school later there. Um, but yeah, so that was that was her upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and um, said let her join. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, she, she did a lot of, and, and her mother was one that started all the, the genealogical research as well. Um, so. Uh,
1: so I think Brian has a question. It might be the same question that I have because we have that that link, that connection. So Brian, go ahead. If not, I'll ask it afterwards.
0: Not a question, more of an observation. But um, what I was gonna say is Again, I've always appreciated Hamad and Loretta's enthusiasm because I thought I had my European settles kind of done because there's a settles family kind of heritage lineage book. So, And it looks really impressive. I mean, it goes all the way back to, to Yorkshire and England and everyone's yeah. was kind of there. And then Hamad's like, yeah, I've got some really bad news for you. There's a lot of issues with that book. And he was right. I had to pretty much delete my whole settles line and just start. Wrong. Yeah,
1: I don't. Oh yeah, let me let me be clear. Let me let me be clear. I don't research you guys.
4: <laughs> you
1: just follow along. <laughs> I leave that stuff to Loretta and her and Hamad. I refuse. I refuse to get on the settles research. I re they always try to pull me in Haman and Loretta every now and then <laughs> they do some little stuff and they're like well this is their Danya what do you think I'm like I'm not doing this stuff no because the saddles line is crazy <laughs> well to give me some examples what I mean I did some research and I found some it, it's just it's so difficult like when I first started to do Hamon Haman's line it's too much intermarrying. I think that's the that's number one. The intermarrying has just thrown me to it it gives me like this unbelievable headache. And I'm looking at it like, never mind, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and then and then it takes, and then you have so the thing about Edgefield is we have certain families that will take their name and change it. And you don't know why. And mm-hmm. so you're constantly looking for them, but they didn't change their name and became somebody else. Mm-hmm. So with the Settles family, that has happened a lot. Mm-hmm. And I already got that with them to on yeah, So I, I'm which is my mom's family. I'm just like I can't
0: get myself. And you have spelling variations because it's subtle without an S, with an S, subtles, and I, I forget a right. myriad of surname variations. Then on top of that, you have so many repeating first names, like coming across a Francis, a Francis, or a Frank, subtle, settles settles, in Fairfax County, Virginia. I'm like, well, which one of the nine Francis settles in my tree are you? Oh, you're a new one. Thanks for that.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, because it's a I lot of crazy. Yeah, we have one person who said, "Come on, Donya, it can't be that as bad as the Petersons." Um, yeah, it's as bad. It is. It's it's mm. it, Yeah, it's about as bad as the Petersons, which so is another family that belong that you guys are related to. Oh, yeah, that's another family that that you guys are connected to in a, in a really really big way. I don't know if Hamad told you, but the Settles family and you guys. Let me know if I'm wrong. The Settles family, the Holloways, the Adams, the Brookses, and the Butlers were the five big families in Edgefield. Am I correct, guys? Did I get those names right?
0: Oh, Holloway and Matthews as well.
1: Matthews. I said Holloway. I didn't say
0: Matthews. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we come from those. We come from the founding families. All of us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: actually, wow. we come from the founding mm-hmm. families of Edgefield. Um, but yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't stand researching the south.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, it,
4: it's it's interesting because you know any research you do. I mean, even, I remember when my granny was doing research and she'd find somebody that was infamous or somebody that was famous. You know, it's like, oh, we're related to so and so, and then oh, uh oh, we're related to so and so. You know. And it's like, <laughs> You know, eventually you're going to find you're related to some really bad people and, or some really crazy people or some really exciting people. Or, um, I would start, I was before this, I was kind of looking up and going along the ancestry line and who knows, maybe you're going to say, oh no, the ancestry is all wrong. Come on. Maybe you can tell me. Come on,
1: come on, I I won't say a word. (laughs) I won't say a word. But I mean, (laughs) it's like.
4: It's like, oh, we're related to Robert the Bruce, you know, King of Scotland, his we're directly descended from his younger brother. Um, but then later, it's like we're directly descended from I have it written down King Charles, the, the sixth or the fourth, the mad. So King Charles, the mad from France. So it's like, oh, good. We got okay. some, uh, you know, so, and some of those Royal people were You know, not very nice there. people.
0: If they were out there, but I, I've got an even more immediate one for you. Um, are you familiar? Right before the Civil War happened, on the Senate floor, there was a senator from South Carolina that nearly killed the Senate uh, representative from Massachusetts, So Preston Brooks, Charles Sumner. Preston oh, Brooks, him. he, he stood. He went up to the the Senate floor, I believe, the Senate, oh. brandishing and nearly beat beat this congressman to death. On wow. He's your family. And that's my
1: direct uncle. Hey.
0: He's, also, he's also your family member.
1: And he's also your family member. He's, <laughs> I'm, I'm directly connected to him. Like, he, I mean, that was, they, they were, they were something else, but it's so weird. And I think I, Dana, was it you that I was talking to for a long time? You were talking it was you or Virginia. It was me. It was Virginia. She's that was the one I, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Talk loud. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, it was either you know, it, I was telling her that with Preston, you want to hate him. but you can't, because you end up, you know, seeing parts of yourself in, in those, in, in, even in those bad people, you can, you can see where, who how you were shaped and where it came from, certain ways that you are, certain things that you do—you um, can't deny it. And I know with, that there's some people that just don't want to, you know.
0: But get with, that with Preston, a lot of that aggression had to do with his family. You yep. could cross talk Preston, and he would—I think—I get the sense of him that he would take it in stride. Yeah. You, you go for Papa or any of his siblings? Well, that any was it. Them. You you couldn't
1: do anything like nothing. You couldn't touch his family. His family was everything. And I am my family is everything. And there are things that I have read when I did research for him. And um, I've actually said it. I'm here in the 2000s. This man was back in the 1800s. And I've actually said exact words like, well, i that I live here and if you got an issue, you know, you can come and see me. And so many words. This was something he said to somebody, he was like, look, you, you, you got a lot of smack. You got a lot of talk coming out your mouth. If you have a problem, come and see me. I live here. And he put that in an article. He put that in a news article without any problem. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm just like this man. You know, I'm like, oh, I got his temper. I'm just like, oh God, I am just like this man. And yeah, so it was, it's really weird. But Hamad, did you let them know that Edward Settles um, actually had a, was the guardian of a free person of color?
5: I did not. We're uh, in the process of writing a book. So that was going kind to of come up in our book, our settled book. We're motivated by two all-stars, you and Brian. <laughs> and, um, and, and I'm going to get with you about how to start off, because we have a lot of information. It's just a matter of how to arrange it and how We're to start. to be Get started, started.
1: yeah. Well, you going to share that, though? Just share real quick for the audience.
5: <laughs> well, and the thing is, I don't know. What held me off from telling them, it sounds really good, but I wonder about his intentions at that time. Yeah. Was it there's something he had to do because you aren't in the court, it's your job to do it, or was it out of his heart? Um, because I've seen him change at one time he put in his will that Martha Ann and her youngest children are gonna be held together. That was in 1856. By 1860, he's like, sell them all.
1: Wow. He changed. But with Rebecca, what can I tell him?
5: Tell him. Okay. <laughs>
1: Well, there's a woman by the name of Rebecca Bug, who was a free person of color. And long story short, Edward was her guardian. Um, when people are free people of color, they still, even though they're free, they still had to have a guardian or or someone over them. But it was something about Rebecca that it seems, which is where Hamad is coming from with the intent. Something was different about her. Um he won court cases for her to get land. He went as far as to buy her husband from slavery and leave him in trust for their youngest daughter. So he, you know, he kind of freed him. He freed this man. And um we don't know why. No idea. No idea. <laughs> a yeah.
0: mystery. A
1: mystery to wow. solve. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's it's been um. That's been something that that they all ha- that Hamad and notice I'm saying that Hamad, Brian, and Loretta have every now and then looked into, mainly Hamad and um, Loretta, but notice I didn't. I'm not doing it.
4: <laughs> you know, all this is this is all the stuff
1: of a. A blockbuster movie, you know. It's like wow. Oh, honey, Edgefield is a blockbuster movie. (laughs) Like wow,
4: Edgefield. That's, That's part of the writing that I would like to, you know, for us to get into. And and you, some of it you really can't because we can't get into their heads. But for me, you know, being a teacher and and I love to write and stuff like that. It's like getting behind the motivations of these, these real people. I mean, if it's a fictional story, then you can write whatever you want, but, but yeah, it's like, what were these, what was going through their minds? And I don't know if we'll be able to find out some of that,
1: you know, you will get into the head the more that you're researching, but as a teacher, has the research changed how you teach your students? With this particular research? Well, I mean, just in general, because I know for the three of us, history is not what it was, what we learned in school. it, it is it's just not what we learned in school.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's made, and the the history that we've learned, um the changes, like, okay, taking Preston Brooks, for example, I didn't know that that was my three times great uncle. So, but I learned about him in school because I learned more about Charles Sumner, the abolitionist, than the mm-hmm. man that actually beat him. I don't even think I learned the man's name that beat him on the Senate floor in high school or in junior high. I, I just knew that he was beat because he said this speech, the Kansas Nebraska act. And they didn't like and it was a problem. Mm-hmm. That was all that I knew. But then when you turn around now, I'm looking at this in a whole nother eyesight. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, this man actually had something to do with me while I was in school. And I'm sitting around and I have all of my white friends learning about people that they may be connected to. And guess what? I was connected. Now wasn't a bad person. Yeah, it was. But the fact that I had somebody to be connected to in school, learning about it. We don't, we as African-Americans, we don't have that. They don't teach that. But we learn that history for everybody else. And we're just there and all we know is that we were a part of slavery. That's it. Right, right. Right. Yeah, so- So, so, That's what I saying. Did it affect you as a teacher, the history that you're learning now, does it affect the way that you're teaching the kids?
4: I think the way it affects it is it just adds more layers and, and depth to the history and and for me one of the ways I like to try to teach history is more hands-on more story or I mean textbooks are great but I as a kid as a student I couldn't stand textbooks it would just be so dry I'd try to read and my mind would wander but so I like to do you know whether it's um, role-playing or games or or stories Um, so like with my students and I also homeschooled my kids um, I would always you know have Books like, like this book. <laughs> you know, I love these kids' books. So I, oh I got goodness, this. You got it. <laughs> I got it after last uh, after last week. Oh so, wow! Um, but this is the teacher in me, I just love books like. So I've always had books like on Benjamin Banneker and Frederick Douglass, and you know, all of these people. Back when I taught so many years ago. Um, I taught fifth grade for four years. So I did teach American history for four years. Um, But yeah, I think it's, it's a little more simplistic when you're teaching general history, you know, slavery, you know, we always, and even in Holly and Ginny and I, we all learned about slavery as kids and racism and Jim Crow and, and, um, you know, some of the horrible things, but yeah, I think the idea that we're, it more interconnected, and, and to just some of these, these um, other stories within the stories is very fascinating. So does it affect the way I would teach? Yes, just because I could bring in, hey, here's this story, but also, like you were saying, it's like you're finding, I'm not just descended from the slaves, I'm also descended from some of the slave owners, right? and that, yeah so i don't think we ever thought about that as kids and it doesn't sound like you did either um so I mean, that, not that- as
1: a kid no i it, it didn't none of it, that stuff didn't dawn on me until i started researching back in 1996 by that time i'm i'm had my I had two children by then and um it just didn't you know i started the more i learned in my research the more i was like man we missed out on a lot it, it was a lot of things that just was not taught in school and i don't mean just we as black people i'm talking about we as my my friends that i went to school with we missed out on a lot because i think it would it would make a different cultural culturally for white students to learn the same things that i'm learning Or for any other opposite race to learn the same thing that I'm learning as far as all of this is concerned, it'll give a a different kind of respect because, for example, me learning that there were 1500 black representatives that was in whether it was state local or federal government. Yeah, Yeah. that's not taught in schools, Right,
4: right. 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 I totally, I totally agree. That needs to be taught that, you know, the, the businesses that a lot of blacks started right after, I mean, there was a millionaire lady in LA, you know, I can't remember her name now. She got out, she left slavery, came out to California, did, um, um, uh,
0: what was it, um, what's her name? Madam
4: Walker. I lost I couldn't
0: oh, Madam think... Walker.
4: Mm-hmm. maybe yeah I mean she died a millionaire and she had come out of slavery you know so there were all these entrepreneurs you know they were set free and mm-hmm. and yes exactly those are stories that uh, I mean Benjamin Banneker was a, a good story you know that kind of story and um, they only picked
1: like two or three
2: yeah, exactly. And, and
1: and unfortunately in our culture, we always feel like only one person can be this, mm-hmm. or, right? You, know, you only have one person that that can really go into then this.
4: I, Yeah. Then I'll write some more children's stories. That's, that's mine.
2: <laughs> I always, I you know, I just get to add in here that, um, I remember, you know, learning our cursory, here's slavery, South bad, North good. Mm-hmm. Whites are bad, you know, Blacks were oppressed and coming home to my mom and saying, you know, how could you, how could, you know, not that she really could have chosen to be, you know, where she was born, you know, she didn't have any choice over her skin color or where she was born. But of course, you know, as a teenager, you're kind of sassy and like, you know, self-righteous. How could you be a part of this, uh, you know, And, and she would tell me, Jenny, you are not learning the whole story, mm-hmm. you know you really, really aren't and um there and it, it's interesting because one of the people we learn learn about is Booker T. washington um but I just started reading some of Booker T. Washington's writings, and oh my goodness, um wow. what what an intelligent man, and some of the stuff he talks about is um, how. He was talking about, you know, what are you going to do with the slaves and uh, I guess there was a movement at one time Like, oh, you know, we all just need to go back to Africa, right. Mm -hmm. And, and and, um, he was like, obviously, that's not happening. And, um, and he was saying, you know, honestly, the the media is doing a really bad job because blacks and whites get along a lot better than we're letting people on. Um, Even back then. So it was, it was pretty. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I, I plan on reading more, but yeah,
4: mom. Just going back to mom, she would always say, "It's not. It's not what you're reading. It's it's so much richer than that. So much more to it. Yeah.
1: Well, guys, this went. This hour went quickly. Go ahead, Brian.
0: Unfortunately, didn't have time to get the four of you to answer the question I really wanted to ask. Uh oh. Are, are you all on Facebook? Yes. If I send you a link to the video, can you post your your re- reply to this question in the comments, because I'm sure that there's a lot of people who, who are watching this who are thinking about reaching out to cousins who don't look like them, uh, diff- different ethnicity, maybe religion, different race. Um, What advice would you give them?
1: Great question. Um, yeah so we're gonna share that link with you guys we'll share the link of the video and you put it up there but i'm so glad and you know maybe we could do another zoom just us and we could just just talk that would be great i, I want to yeah. do that because i'm so excited so yeah. and we're going to get <laughs> yeah. out there we're going to get out there to edgefield <laughs> well i'm not yeah, we... in edgefield i'm in dc That's right. yeah, I'm, I'm actually not far from hamad actually all three of us we live right here so the next time y'all are in the area with Hamad. I do not not want to see you.
3: Oh yeah. And,
1: and then right, well, we yeah, have yeah. we have our reunions, and I want you there. So yeah.
2: That'd be
0: nice. Nice. I oh, guys, love it. Been, yes. Will this be the first time you guys will have ever gone to Edgefield? Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. If you go, wow. never
0: because I have yet to make it. I was supposed uh-huh. to. I was supposed to go this year, but COVID happened. Had to cancel everything, but I I am dying to go.
1: Yes. Next that's year, good. guys, yeah, in cool. September, let's go. Yeah. All right. It'll be amazing. Yeah. But Brian, you want to talk about next week's show?
0: Next week's show, we are speaking with some of the, the founders and members of an organization called Coming to the Table, um, which is kind of with this precursor. Um, actually, we've had two kind of precursor shows on that. So we, um, it's already in our events. We'll be posting information about it tomorrow and Tuesday. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here.
1: Yay! Thank you, guys. Don't hang up, though. Don't hang
0: up. Okay. All okay. right.